football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports now you're welcome Max so uh, the road to Germany 2024 has been mapped out at this stage Ireland's fortunes will centre around Group B and it is fair to say Group B is no joke so out of pot one the Netherlands France everybody wanted to avoid them came out of pot two uh, Greece, as pot four teams go, very, very good. And then Gibraltar bring up the rear. So that is pot B. And after uh, some initial confusion, the schedule is as originally published. So next year, as follows, Monday, March 27th, France come to Dublin. In uh, June, it will be Greece away. And then Gibraltar and Dublin three days later. September certainly focuses the mind. France away, it seems not in the Stade de France on account of the Rugby World Cup, but that's subject to confirmation. Three days later, Netherlands in Dublin. October has Greece and Dublin, Gibraltar away and just one match in the November window, November 18th, away to the Dutch, ranked 8th in the world currently under Louis van Gaal. Uh, Stephen Kenny, Republic of Ireland manager, is with us on the line. Stephen, thanks for the time this evening. No problem, Joe. That looks pretty easy, I would think. Delighted with that, are you? Um, well, you know, I think it's... it's uh, you know, we weren't... And nobody wanted France second seeds for sure. I think that that's right. Greece are strong fourth seeds, um, and of course Holland have great tradition in the in this competition. But it is what it is, and you know we have to we have to organise ourselves now and 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 really uh, give everything of ourselves. We've been building for this competition now for the last two years, and uh, we have to maximise our potential now and really put in strong performances. Um, so there's pluses and minuses in the schedule and of of the game. So we, we're we're just working on that now. So what are your thoughts on the schedule then? Uh, I thought the pluses are that we have a lead into the game against France. It's just one game in that window. Um, You know, so that will give us time to prepare for that game and uh, to make sure that we're ready for a major challenge, France, of course. World Cup winners and... um, Tremendous team, so we we will need that preparation time, and that will be important. And um, you know, so that, that that's that's critical for us. I think uh, the fact that we've got another positive point, if you like, in, from my point of view, we've got Gibraltar as the second game of you know of our of two of the windows. I think that means you can get the two games scheduled in. There are no no games that are easy. We've seen in the previous campaign, um, the previous Euro campaign, where Gibraltar has one nil and one nil late on, uh, finished two nil at home. So there's no formalities, and you've got to earn the right to win every game. Um, so, but we're pleased that Gibraltar are second in in those windows. The minus is, if you like, in the schedule. And firstly, I'm very very disappointed with. And the lack of transparency around the last fixture. And um, for example, we we don't play on the last day, so Greece, um, Holland played Gibraltar, and Greece played France. France need a draw against Greece. They can take a draw if Holland need need to know this. They need to score four goals to beat Gibraltar to go through. They know that, and we <laughs> we've no fixture, so. Yeah, uh, we're we're not happy with that at all. Like that's, uh, you know, the draw was made yesterday, and then you don't find out the fixtures to the season after the consultation with the TV 
stations. If there is going to be an odd one out, surely it has to be the lowest seed. You know, surely it has to be the lowest seed. So, so we think that's um, the lack of clarity around that decision-making process, how it's made, and uh, it's it's just not equitable. I don't think, and you know, I don't think that's that's a fair process. Um, what's your under- is, What's your understanding of how those decisions are made, Stephen? And did you seek clarification today? Yeah, well, I've, I've seen clarification, but there's no very little feedback. You know, just um, that—that's the way the draw is, and that's you just have to accept it. That's sort of that's that's sort of the the what, what, what you're informed. I think um, in, in regarding the the June window, Greece away, we wouldn't have wanted that in June. Obviously, we've seen fires ravaged through Greece last summer, and temperatures there. Now, really, really high in June. So we, when we looked at Greece, we said, "Well, we take take them in any other window bar June." We didn't want that one in June. Um, so that's something we'll have to prepare for and acclimatise for. And uh, I think that's that's a, our preparations for that are going to be very, you know, very important. I think also the the two game window in September, back to back France and Holland, obviously is a difficult window. And mm. uh, within three days, France away, Holland at home. But that's that's the nature of it. We just have to. The fixtures are there, so we've got to prepare accordingly. There's eight fixtures. We've got to treat each of them with equal respect, and um, we've got to plan. Um, you know, we've got to plan accordingly. I think the June window is interesting for us because we learned a lot from this June window. Obviously, we had one defeat in twelve going into the June window, and then probably put. Our, you know, our weakest performance in, uh, you know, in, in some time in Armenia, which was a really disappointing performance. So that was, um, and it's interesting because the six weeks this year between the end of the championship and our game against Greece, six weeks, and all our players playing the championship, so by a couple. So it's um, that that we had that problem last year. It was five weeks between six weeks between League One and five weeks between championship last year. So we found that. So, if anything, we've learned a little bit about the problem with the last window was that it was actually a nineteen to twenty day window because we'd four matches. Yeah. So it was difficult to add on to that again, and um, in the last window. But we'll have to go away and prepare for that game against Greece. We'll have to go away and acclimatise in similar, in, in, in similar conditions, and to prepare for that game. And almost and, to, the, uh, to the I think we'll have to have a lead in. Yeah. You know, we'll have to have a two-week lead-in for that game. Okay, that was, I, was, I was going to ask. Yeah, would you, would you because the players obviously been off for six weeks, so um, um, you know we'll have to do a lot of work. Now, last week, last year, we did send out um, the GPS units, and, and Damien Doyle, our, you know, our head of strength and condition, he, you know, he's terrific. He's onto all the players, all the day measuring everything they do. They all have programs, but nothing replicates training in the group. And nothing replicates playing in a group and training rather than doing individual stuff. So I think we definitely need to coordinate that in the in the interim. It's difficult because outside the windows you don't have the player. You know you can't get access to the players outside the windows. Yeah, uh, just to explain to the listeners, by the way, I was try- trying to jump in there. You're not rudely ignoring me. There's a slight technical hiccup whereby you can't hear me coming in. I was I was trying to jump in just to ask: Do you have any? You've no official power, I presume, to ask them in a bit earlier for that June. Window, but my, it sounds like you might put out the request to those championship players. Can you come maybe a week early, even or, or something along those lines? No, we will. Yeah, we won't, we definitely need to do that. Uh, no, it's the, all of the other European league. For example, 
Uh, the championship finishes early May, you know, the first week in May. La Liga doesn't finish till the first week in June. Mm. A lot of the leagues in Europe finish a lot later. And uh, the Premier League, for example, finishes two weeks later. So it's um, we played Armenia last year. Their league ran right, right up to the international. So it's it's that's important uh, for us. That's very important that we need to get the players in a lot earlier. And we'll have to be together for a lot longer and make sure that we're, we're um, you know, that, that they're absolutely match fit coming into the games. What we tried to do last year, and we did before the Nations League, we organised them to come in earlier as well, and we played a, a match against the under-21s in Abbottstown uh, in preparation, but that wasn't enough. You know, it certainly wasn't enough, and we need to, uh, particularly for Greece, we need to go abroad to acclimatise in a similar climatic conditions, similar temperatures, make sure that we're ready. Stakes are too high, you know, it's these are huge games and ones that we want to make sure that we're absolutely ready for. Regarding the French and the Dutch, I don't know if there's an exact science to a World Cup hangover or a post-tournament hangover. Do you have any great preference either way? Would you like to see them go very deep in the tournament and have great tournaments and, and maybe um, go right the way through to the final and win or not win? Or I don't know if they implode and there's acrimony and rage as this can happen sometimes with um, with these sides at major tournaments. It's hard to it's hard to feel like one is better than the other. Who, who know? I don't know if you have a strong preference either way. No, no, it's not an exact science. It's not something. Obviously, I'm I'm uh, hoping to go to the games, and uh, it was interesting last year to go to Portugal, Germany in the European Championships, and Portugal, Hungary, and. And it was a real picture of yeah, what we needed to to do, you know, against Portugal to, to perform well. And uh, I, thought, I found it very beneficial. And certainly it's important to see France in the, in the games. And and Holland, of course. But it, Holland, of course, will have a new manager. Ronald Koeman takes over after the tournament. Um, so he might have, you know, we don't, we don't play Holland till. It's it's very unusual. We play France twice before we play Holland, yeah. so it's um, it's we don't play Holland till, till well, well into uh, September, well into the campaign. So we we can we can focus on France really. I I wouldn't ask this question of everyone, but I think down the years you've displayed a real uh, social conscience. Any party on on the prospect of going to Qatar have ethical qualms about going? About going to the tournament at all? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I have thought about it, and uh, um, it's uh, it's something that um, you know I ha- you know I have to go to the, to represent Ireland in the best way I can, and to do the job to the best of my ability. Yeah. I think it's it's a great you know it's it's great great um, experience to go to the tournament and and study the team, study the way they. They play obviously the teams that we're playing against, but the but the game is completely evolving every single year nearly at international level, and tactically it's you know there's always challenges and and um, so it is it is it is but it's a different question you're asking mm. uh, you're asking you know the thousands who have died um, in Qatar which is which. It's incredible, really, but um, it's something that we have to <laughs> wrestle with, of course. But mm. um, 
you know, you why not going? What are you achieving? Why not going? You know, I'm not sure either. Mm. Um, so that's that's something we consider. So you've had a bit of time to reflect on the Nations League campaign then. Two wins from six. I presume that's a return you're disappointed with. What are your big takeaways from the Nations League this year? Well, I've already spoken about uh, the Armenia game. Uh, I think that we're towards the end. You know, we've played Scotland, who've gone, in, gone into the European Championships. And, you know, there's a lot of players, obviously, that nearly all of the players are playing in the Premier League. Um, so we've gone and beaten in 3-0, which is a record win, really, for Ireland against Scotland uh, in, against a team ranked um, in the way they are. Um, you know, we've beaten in 3-0 and we've gone toe-to-toe last week in Hamden, which was a... I, I felt it was a really strong performance, really everything, the, you know, uh, the way we built from the back and played through and really had a cutting edge in our play. Uh, of course, there's room for improvement in you know, in our attack and play again to punish, to really go and punish teams, there is room to really develop that. I feel and and you know we've scored a lot of goals in over the last year and a half, but we we have to get back to the habit we have of keep clean sheets, and we didn't do that against Scotland. We conceded obviously, um, so that, that that's um, the hardest. The the Ukrainian away performance was excellent, so. I think that's some of the encouragement we can take from from the last year going into. Uh, we know that France. Well, that's, listen, we've been drawn in a group with teams ranked four and eight in the world. Mm. Um, they're obviously outstanding teams, but we can take encouragement from going to Ukraine, playing as well as we did, going to Portugal, you know, playing as well as we did home and away, and going to Scotland home and away and playing as well as we did. Um, and we just have to get better at what we're doing, and you know, try and win, win, win key games. Um, I think that's uh, that's important. We've shown the capacity to to go toe to toe with Serbia, and again, the games are all on the margin. And you know, you think that you think the team that's definitely evolved. You think you see the improvement. Um, obviously. Colin's really coming through. Obviously, we didn't have Andrew Obama Delhi, but he's going to come back really strong. Really, a real talent. We've seen James Coleman play this week, and Matt Doherty get back into the teams, which is great. And we've run right throughout that team. We've seen the emergence of Michael Obafemi, who you feel is going to be important for us now. Mm. Um, and he has he has um, the ability to score goals. And and right throughout the emergence of of all of the midfield players. Um, so you can see the team growing, you can see it really developing, and we're getting better. And uh, we've not been consistent enough, for sure. And um, but we've been building towards this tournament. Obviously, in you know, in an ideal scenario, that we didn't want France as second seeds, but we have it now, and we've got to go and absolutely give it everything in pursuit of trying to get the the, the wins that we need. And mm. um, we, we we you know. And that's that's our ambition. We we have to go and go and go and try and do that. You mentioned the lack of consistency, which is probably one of the defining aspects of the tenure at times. Because when it's good, it's very good, and then when it's disappointing, it's very disappointing. And that pattern goes back to you know Serbia performance followed by Luxembourg, or or you know I know you've talked about reasons for the June 
uh, performances this year, but you've, you know, Yerevan and Ukraine and Dublin, and then you've the Scottish performance, the 3-0 win, and, and even Hamden to, to Armenia in some ways is, is reflective of that pattern. What do you put that lack of consistency down to, Stephen? I know it's a difficult thing maybe to put your finger on exactly, but it, it has been a pattern of, of sorts. Well, Joe, you know, building a team in the way that we have is not straightforward. I think it's, um, we've had a scenario where um, we've had players, obviously, born in 1992, with Shane Duffy, Matt Doherty, you know, Robbie Brady, Jeff Hendrick, um, and all of those players, James McCarthy, and then, for eight years, just one player to, to to our own system, Alan Brown, mm. who's been a regular. That's eight international teams with no players coming through. Um, with one player coming through, Sean McGuire, got one game, you know, a competitive, in terms of competitive games I'm talking about. Yeah. So we've really built a team. We've seen the goalkeepers emerge. We've put Gavin Bazunu in the team when he was in League One at Rochdale, when he was near the bottom of League One at Rochdale. We've seen Cuevin and Kelleher come in, Mark Travers, We've seen all of the defenders that we've spoken about come in. The midfield player cha- players come in to add competition, and we and we've seen the strikers that we've got: Adam Ida, Michael Obafemi, Troy Parr, and and all of the other forwards that we have that have come in and done so well. So and showed promise, but there's more to come. You know, there's more to come. I think you're never going to have build a team like that and have absolute consistency. Listen, we're disappointed when it doesn't go the way we want it to sure, go. Sure. And um, but I think people can see the team, how exciting and the, the possibilities that exist with the team. They've seen it in Hamden, you know. They've seen it in against Scotland at home. They've seen it in the Ukraine. They've seen it against Portugal and Ferdinand. They've seen it at home against Portugal, where we're absolutely excellent. Um, and, and as you said, we've been inconsistent at other times. So that's that's. Um, that's what we have to we have to strive to get better, and that is, you know that's what we're building towards this competition, and that's everything we're building towards is for the the European Championships. That's that's the, the big ambition to qualify for for Germany. Now we've been dealt um, a tough draw, but regardless, we've got to just absolutely be single-minded and determined to qualify, and that's the approach that we have to take. Mm. Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, a slight tangent, the crappy quiz, and you had to be there. Five goals in 20 minutes. It's just, you can't do that. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Your own position is the subject of intense scrutiny. And there is a lot of criticism, some of it fair, I'm sure, some of it unfair, I'm sure, as well. And there are public debates on your job security on this show, which is, you know, a, a strange thing to do, really. And you're exposed to it. You live here. Has the um, massive ramping up of the scrutiny and these public debates about is he good enough? Is he not good enough? Are things progressing? Is he getting a carte blanche? Uh, this period of transition is going on too long. Will he get the sack? You know, these kind of these kind of conversations happen in such blunt terms because football is that strange world. Has that been an adjustment for you? 
has been an adjustment for me. <laughs> be the focus of well, that I think kind listen, of scrutiny. It's it's, uh, it's, um, it's part of the job. I'm not, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, you know, um, it's a great honour to manage Ireland. It's an amazing honour to manage Ireland to go out and and for the first year of my job, you know, it was in empty stadiums. It was, you know. It was soulless, like in in playing in the empty, empty, empty and empty stadiums in, in COVID. And now just to walk out, for example, like Scotland, and the crowd are there two hours, you know, two hours before you feel it coming in, and uh, and really supporting the team. And that was after two defeats, and the support getting behind us, and and to win three nil like that, and to feel the support that we had in those previous home games as well. Against Portugal and Bel- you know Belgium, they were full full houses and you know tremendous games. And um, Armenia was up and down for us last week. Obviously, we came out the right side of it after nearly shooting ourselves in the foot after being you know two nil up. But um, we won the game. But the support has been terrific, and I think that's um, you know we're looking forward to these games. Looking forward to Norway coming um, next month and. Yeah, obviously we've got the two friendlies and they have a good preparation for us. One of the reasons and, I um, ask is I I get the impression at times that you're not somebody and I, because I would think it's difficult to shut yourself completely off from the world. You're not somebody who doesn't hear what's being said about you or the team. And I remember at one point early enough on in the tenure there was um, a response. I think it was to a Tommy Conlon article, for instance. Or at times I hear you and I think, oh, he's he's definitely heard what's been said that week and he's responding to it almost proactively in a in a subsequent interview, which is which is totally your your right. I don't have the suspicion you you try and block yourself away from the criticism that you do hear it, you do listen to it. <laughs> um, listen, that's of course, of course, I hear criticism. Um, it would be. You know, I wouldn't be telling the truth if I said otherwise. Of course, that's part of the part of the job. And what effect and does that have? Do you bristle and you, and you stew on it, or are you able to park it, or do you think sometimes fair point, unfair point? Why? How do you tend to receive it? No, I'm all right with it, with criticism. Actually, I'm, I've learned like when early in my management career, I, I probably struggled with it. Um, I'm I'm all right with it. I'm, I'm I can handle criticism, okay, you know, mm. but I just don't like agenda based criticism, which there can be plenty of that at times. And, uh, and what's the what's what's the agenda? Well, I'm not discussing that now, but certainly um, that's that's what I don't like. But I, I certainly um, or I don't don't listen to. Right. But that criticism is all part of the job, and I've no problem with that. That's a senior international manager. It comes with the territory, and it comes with the territory in other countries, not just Ireland as well. That's that's part of the job. So I've, I've no no uh, no problem with that. Okay, so the agenda criticism is clearly something you feel is dishonest in its motivation. Uh, you know, I'm not really willing to discuss it any further. You know, I think that that's I've said what I've said. Okay, no problem. You switched in uh, June to three five two five three two, whichever way you want to split it, given the way a game is going, and the split strikers up front. Do you feel that's the right formula now for the team heading into the qualifiers? You feel settled on that, or, or is that very much subject to change given opposition and, and various factors? Yeah, we. I think it's more clear that we're playing with. Three defenders. I think now we've got the options to to play between three five two and three four two one. Really, are the two systems that we 
you know, it's not like a club side where you can have a lot of systems and you can work on everything every day. And so you try to minimize the changes really mm. because the, the time, the time you have with the players is sometimes in the windows, obviously we've had three game and four game windows minimal. So it's important to, uh, you know, from our point of view, it's important really we're working between two systems over the last year and a half. And, um, We've been working with on three five two for in training at times um, before we you know sometime before we before we played it against Scotland right and um, so uh, a lot of our strikers maybe Sue playing in a, in in a front two um, like Michael Obafemi and Troy Parry for example recently they've linked up well in some of the games and. Um, Shidozi Albania, of course, is, you know, really excelled in, in the, he's a right, you know, a, traditionally a right winger. He excelled in, in the in the three four two one system. That's where he really excels in, as, a, as a winger. And uh, he's come in and had a tremendous um, effect, really, done, done really well. But obviously he's adapting this year. He had been playing right wing for Rotherham and he's playing centre forward now. So he's adapting to that position, scored a few goals. That's another good option for us. Scott Hogan and Callum Robinson. Callum Robinson had, you know, a brilliant window in October where he got, got five goals and he followed that up with a goal against Luxembourg as well to six goals, but then had a period out of the team at West Brom, which ultimately has led to him moving to Cardiff to get regular football. So we need players playing regularly and that's 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 another thing that we learn, you know, that not that we've learned, it's always been the case. Obviously, you want all your players playing. Yeah. And so, for instance, Matt Doherty gets criticism in the most recent window and he's not in club action, so presumably he's fighting for his fitness and Seamus Coleman out of the team at that stage as well. And as you mentioned, both recently making uh, returns. In a decision like that with Coleman and Doherty, where do you find the balance between, or do you have a hard and fast rule? I I think you, you spoke about this in the window and you said you didn't, but will it come down to who's playing in their club, for instance, against France next March in a, in a decision like those two? Well, it's not always a straight decision between Matt and Seamus now. Sure. Because Seamus um, mainly has played in right of a back three for us. Yeah. And he's played right back. Um, last night, of course, I'm hoping to go to that game on Saturday between Tottenham and Everton, where they both, they both hopefully they both play in that game, which is terrific because they were obviously both out of their respective teams recently. So mm. I'm hoping to go to that game Saturday, which, yeah. So, um, James did play right back, wing back in Armenia, but physically probably <laughs> he was carrying an injury in that game. And um, but he he has played there in in parts for us and been very effective actually last year. Um, so they're not necessarily always competing. You can't play in the same team at time. Sure. And uh, they're great professionals. They're great friends. They help each other. And um, they're both a pleasure to have in the squad. Just one last question then, because I know we've taken up more than enough of your time. Are you actively looking for a replacement for John Eustace, Stephen, or are you happy with the setup as is? Um, listen, John only had a, you know, he did two windows with us. Yeah. yeah he's a great guy. Wish him well with Birmingham. Keith Andrews has been my assistant. And uh, I'm very hands-on. 
myself, no, certainly uh, Keith Anders, a brilliant coach, absolutely brilliant. Done terrifically well, really emerged. Dean Coyley, terrific as well in all aspects of not just goalkeeping, really, really, uh, you know, it's been terrific behind the scenes. Stephen Rice stepped up in the last camp and did well. We, we probably will add another coach for the World Cup because we need an additional coach. And, uh, we, you know, for, for the windows, they're so busy. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, you know, we'll make that decision in time. OK. Um, listen, thank you so much for your, your time. We had some technical difficulties and you've given us more time than um, we had a right to ask of you. So it's much appreciated and obviously very best of luck with everything next year. Stephen Kenny, thank you very much. Thank you. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.